You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, Bezras Hashem, we're going to try something slightly new to try and talk a little bit about the Parsha in preparation for Erev Shabbos and Shabbos. And a lot of this, more so than some of the other classes, will be more just uh, speaking together, learning together, not something necessarily prepared. But, um, but something that the Parsha can offer us, a taste, a te'ima, of, of something that offers us comfort to, to go through Shabbos and to draw it into the next week. The Parsha, the Parsha, the Kriya Torah of the week, the Sedra of the week, is what the Balatanya describes as the capacity to live with the times, in the sense that whatever a person is reading that week, whatever the Torah HaKadosha, the Holy Torah, in all of its cyclical processes, the Torah that emerges into the world in a liturgical way that is read and chanted out loud, is not simply a, a traditional act, but rather it's something that, that represents the deepest spiritual need of that moment. And that there's always something within the Parsha, there's always some nekuda of chiddush, some insight, some pshat, that a person can take and they can chew on and they can walk with, and they can allow the Torah to be meir derech, like the Maharal HaKadosh points out all the time, that Torah comes from the language of hora'a or ora, or instruction or enlightenment. That the Torah, first and foremost, is meant to be a light upon our path, like Chazal tell us, that a human being in this world is compared to an individual who is walking, stumbling along in the darkness of night, surrounded by all sorts of threats, both practical and imaginative, unbeknownst to the person and beknownst by the person. And that the Torah is the illumination upon the path. The Torah is what allows us to walk the path. The Torah HaKadosha, as the Tzadikim tell us, as the Rashash tells us, is, is synonymous with the Kav of the Or in Sof on a certain level, that the emergence of godliness into a world that was apparently devoid of God, Halal HaPanoi, a vacant space, and the re-entrance of light, that kav that comes from the language of kivoy, the koive Hashem yachlifu koyach, those who yearn, who have the need to reassert their strength in order to, to go down into another week. But this koyach, this koyach of Torah, is the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. When a person is learning Torah, when, when there's a kriyasa Torah, what the Arizal tells us about kriyasa Torah, but the Torah itself, the text itself, the textuality of experience is the two lower levels of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world, corresponding to the Dargos of Zer'anpin and Nukva, or the Shemus as expressed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu of Ma and Ben, the 45 name of Hashem, which is associated with the masculine expressivity of Zer'anpin, 
of Kudsha Barichu, and the feminine capacity of reception, which is associated with the 52 name, which is the Shem Ben, which is just a double of itself. It's an appearance that appears at first glance to be devoid of content, yet in truth it contains the most content because it's nothing but itself. The secret of Mara Samachpela, that doubling over itself that reveals that the thing is itself. That's Malchus, that's the Kayach of Zos. And those two elements that represent our lives, Kudshabrichu Vishlinte, emotionality and physicality, the heart and the body, the mind and the body, all of the different uh, synonyms and binary oppositions that can be utilized to convey that particular balance, those are represented in the text itself. Because the letters of the text, the letters of the text represent, the letters of the text represent Malchus, it represents Ben, it represents the physicality, the imprint, the actualization of an idea, the secret of writing, the deepest secret of all, the secret of transforming nothing into something, of drawing nothing into something, those letters, that black fire in upon white fire, externally, externally, that's the lowest level. And then you have the tagin of the osios as well, those crowns, those hooks that emerge from particular letters of the Torah, shatnas gates, the seven letters or the nine letters that are associated with those crowns, those hooks of connectivity, that points to the fact that there's something missing within the text. That originally these letters contained everything that an individual ever needed to know in their lives. By hearing the words of the Torah, by repeating the Aleph Beis, by entering into the letters like the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh reminded us how to do, teaching us that within each and every letter itself, the bareness of the letter, the thisness of the letter, the zos of the os, that sign that conveys within itself the very signification that it seeks to bring down, that letter used to fill everything in the world. And then something happened and the letter lost its inner life or we forgot that there's olamos, neshamos, velokus in each and every letter, that there are worlds, there's souls and there's godliness within each and every letter. And a person has to return back into the letter like the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh taught us, Bo El HaTeva, that Noah HaTzadik comes into the letter to re-enliven the letter from within itself to blow life back into that empty vessel or that apparently empty vessel. But those hooks represent the notion that there was once a presence here that it has now departed, at least temporarily or externally, from the letter itself. It's a dead letter on a certain level. The letter is, is no longer speaking of, of its power. It simply exists in a way of, of deadness. And those hooks are the reminders of that kusta dichiusa, that, that remaining irreducible element of life that continues to exist, continues to exist in all things even after the departure of life. That's the, the roshem, the trace of life. The rapach nitzaitzen, those 288 sparks that enliven the broken vessels, that reshimu de'en sof, that secret of an irreducible trace of godliness. But nevertheless, that trace beckons our mind to realize that something has departed. And those two letters, those two levels, the, the osios and the tagin, the letters and their crowns, represent the bare text without voice, without life, without chayus. But we know that the Arizal bases his entire system on what every bar mitzvah bachar begins to understand, what every Jewish individual understands, which is the reading of the Torah, Kriyasa Torah. What happens during Kriyasa Torah is that the Chazin, the Shiach Tzibor, the Balkoira, which represents a, a power of, of something bigger than the text, the Neshama, 
It reads out the words with vowelization and cantillation notes. It reads out the words with nekudos and ta'amim. It reads the words with specific vowelization, taking those deadened letters and forcing them into, into a coherent message. Nekudos akesef. Nekudos akesef, those nekudos, those vowelization points that are associated with kisufin, the desire to re-enliven that dead letter with a real with a real message of living with the times, of being connected to the or of the Torah. And then there's the cantillation, the tamim, the tame hanagina, which are given down Moshe Misinai, that koyach of keser, that koyach of, of niglin. Those tamim, when the Balkoira reads the Torah, what they do is they look at this text, which appears to be devoid of life. And they look down and they look deeply into it. And when they read the Nakudos and their Tamim, they're drawing down that upper life back into the lower letters that appeared devoid of life. And what the Balkaira does through the Kayach of Nagina and through the Kayach of Vawalization and the desire of Nakudas Akesef and the whole instantiation of Kriya Satora out loud is a unity with that old soul of the letters that was seemingly departed, but in truth, all we're doing is uncovering it. We're uncovering the fact that it's a Torah's or, it's a Torah of light. It's an or ha-Torah. It's there to enliven me. It's there to, like the tzaddikim say in the name of Chazal, Torah Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh. The Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's coming to restore our soul. It's the expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. When I'm learning Torah, I'm connected to the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we connect to the Parsha, what we're doing is we're trying to, to live with the times, to believe that Moshe Rabbeinu, Rayim Hemna, Moshe Rabbeinu, that or, that or of Mordechai HaTzadik, that or of Marjoror, of Maria Dachia, which we see in this week's Parsha because it's still the lights of Purim, that or of the Tzadikim is alive within the text. It's alive within the text. But it only restores a person if they realize that the text itself is missing something. Teres Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh, the Meshilach points out that Teres Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh, it comes to restore the soul, to return a lost object. And if I'm searching for something that needs to be returned or I'm seeking restoration, that always means that there was always already an awareness of that I'm missing something. When a person approaches the Torah, it can't be with a mindset of, I know what this is teaching me, I know what it has to teach me. But rather, a person has to open themselves up to be taught by the Torah, to allow the Torah to, to play the chords of their deficiencies in order to create the Nagina, the Shira of Shlemus. That Tikkun Klali, each and every person has the ability to see that when they learn Shlaim Mikra Targum Halavai. Of really living with the Torah, then come Shabbos, that a person is going to find the medicine that they need in the Sedra. It's Masadr things. Right? The Sedra is Masadr things. It gives order to a person's life. The week is chaos. The Sedra of the week comes to be Masadr me. It comes to allow me to now live my life with eyes of vision, with eyes of Shabbos. In this week's Parsha, in Parsha's Kisisa, we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to count the Jewish people. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu always wants to count the Jewish people because counting the Jewish people comes as a sign of chavivus. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. He desires our avoda. He desires our emotions in a healthy way. He desires drawing him down into our day-to-day -day lives. He desires, so to speak, to hear about all of the problems and all of the wins and all of the pettiness 
and all of the smallness of a person's life and all of the big things in a person's life. Kaddish Baruch Hu desires, he loves it. There's nothing more beautiful in existence than the small things of the individual soul in this world. Nothing more powerful. The gifts that we bring back. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts us like somebody counts something that they love. Counting on a certain level uh, in, uh, as a person, not God forbid in, in terms of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts the Jewish people, counting is a certain urgency. It's a, it's a desire to know exactly what I have right now. I need to know what I have. I need to remind myself that I have it. I need to count them because I love them. And I also love them because I count them. The more I think about the person, the more I think about Klai Yisrael, the more I want to know about Klai Yisrael, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more I want to count them, because the counting is Ma'or and Ava as well. Like we see by the Pasuk with regards to Haban Yakeli Ephraim, Haban Yakeli Ephraim, the, the heart of Rosh Hashanah, Haban Yakeli Ephraim, Imiyad Sha'ashuim, he is, he is the, the plaything of my heart, Ephraim's no good. I don't want Ephraim. I don't love Ephraim right now. Ephraim is the lowest of the low at this point. You're telling me that Habanyakili Ephraim, Ephraim is the highest light. Is this where my heartstrings are played? The Pasuk says, no, but because I speak about it, as, I don't know if that's the specific, I don't think those are the words of the Pasuk, but when I speak about it, when I talk about it, when I talk about the thing I love, when I remember the thing I love, I remember to count it. And that counting, that kisisa, when I want to count, when I want to know how important something is to me, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to, to remind us how important we are and how, how irreducibly valuable our small offerings of Avodah Hashem are, how, how real it can be for a person to taste the light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in this world in accordance with their own level. Because each and every person has their own world. As Mamela, we have our own Hasag of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and, and I'm not going to lose that. That's mine. And I realize that everything I do, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves, he counts it. But I have to count it first in order to believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts it as well. And so how do we count ourselves? How do we count ourselves? The Machsus HaShekel. Now the Marxist HaShekel, the half shekel, the half measure, it, it represents it represents the recognition that, that this world is a world of halves, that this world is a world of imperfect measurements. That to, to be counted by a whole shekel, to be counted by our wholeness, to be counted by that which we, we perfect, is to imply that the offerings of the individual soul to HaKadosh Baruch Hu have to be perfect. And to, to feel that our offerings and Avodah Hashem or our lives have to be perfect is to believe in the myth of perfection. Because the myth of perfection says that a human being can be perfect. And if a human being can be perfect, then the actions of a human being must be perfect as well. And, and that mistaken notion of the capacity to grasp any level of perfection is either a, a, a minimizing 
of the absolute perfection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which exceeds all possibilities of perfection, that nothing can be as perfect as the, the all perfection of all perfection. Or in a more insidious, ego, egotistical, psychologically abject way, it, it, it's, a, it's an obsession of self. If I think I could be perfect, I could be on the level of the perfection of God, you know, then, then there's no talking to a person. And so the Torah wants to, to, to free us from this notion of needing to be perfect or needing to claim perfection in order to believe that a Kaddish Baruch Hu loves me, or that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants my avoda, or that my avoda is worthwhile, or that my experience is worthwhile, or that the inner life of my experience has some ontological quality to it that, that is unique and singular in the history of all of existence, each and every moment for each and every one of us, bring a different gift and ore to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that was never brought throughout the entirety of history. To, to access that place, it has to be by way of imperfection. It has to be by way of the machsas shekel. It has to be by way of the half measure. Because in truth, that's the only wholeness that we can grasp as human beings. Is a chilek, is a part, a machsis a shekel, a half of a shekel, a half of a measure. A shekel is a is a scale. Tana besafreditzniusa. It's taught in the safreditzniusa safre de shekel bemiskala, a book that is measured on weights. The shekel to be shokel something means to weigh it have a full perception of something, to weigh the cost-benefit analysis to a point of absolute certainty. Marxist HaShekel means that we will always only grasp half of the, the measure. We will always have that negia, we will always have that, that halfness, that essential deficiency within us, because otherwise it would be mavata b'chira. If I had a full shoykel, if I had a full scale, and I can understand the kafchev and the kafschus, and the yichud of those maznayim, and the yichud of the mitkala, the unification of the scale, the capacity to scale. So then I would know things in a way that my bechira would be misbatel, it would be nullified because HaKadosh Baruch would be so clear. And so in this world, in this life, all we have is, is half a shekel. But, but the most important thing in the world to understand is that that halfness, that, that, that half a shekel, that machsus a shekel, that brokenness, that, that sabrachin kite, as the Mitla Rebbe describes it, that marashchera hativis boimene urov, that natural inclination towards the more intense elements of experience. Like the Gemara says in Meseches Chagiga, as the Mitla Rebbe quotes his father, the Balatanya, saying in the name of the Magad of Mezrich, that that ain moisrin maisa merkava elulamisha libo doig bekirbo, that we do not give over the secrets of the chariot except to one whose heart is is doig bekirbo with daga daga belevish yasichena laacherim the awareness that I'm a half, I'm a half, and that's where the daga comes from. The daga comes from not knowing the whole. But when I learn to understand that all I can have in this world is a simcha chelkis, and that that is the wholeness that a human being can experience. And that it's specifically in the awareness that I can't have a full shekel that I access that fullness of the shekel within me. Because in truth, all halves are also whole. Because all we are is part of that unified light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When I learn to understand that my halfness, my awareness of my essential lack, 
that will exist no matter what level of spiritual productivity or human perfectibility I uncover. In the end, my holiness says HaKadosh Baruch Hu is higher than yours. Uh, and if you think you've reached the ceiling, that just means that you're at the floor of the next level. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light is always beyond the individual. It's always beyond the world. It's unified in the most unimaginable and impossible, impossible way possible to the extent that ultimately from the perspective of Das Elyon, there's nothing but the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and also from the perspective of Das Tachton, except the halachos of existence change, meaning the, the, the quality, the ontological quality of human experience changes from one perspective to the next. But, but, but to live our lives as haves, to live our lives as a machsus ha-shekel, to recognize our deficiency, to recognize the need for tshuva, to recognize that I need to yearn towards something bigger, the recognition that there's always a level above me, the recognition that I don't have to focus on perfection, I just have to focus on what is right now present in front of me at this moment in Avodah Hashem. As Rabbi Nachman says, to that point, that particular chilek, that machsis hashekel that is entrenched within my heart at this moment. This secret of the machsis hashekel is only something that we can learn from the Mishkan because the Mishkan teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rests himself in imperfection. The tzaddikim asked, as we saw in last week's parsha, why are all of these measurements of this seemingly perfect space for the perfect abode and, and abidingness of the Shechina HaKadosha, of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch in this world, theoretically the measurements should be perfect. There was nothing preventing those measurements from being perfect, but what we find is that those measurements were made imperfect. There's halves and there's quarters and there's incongruous parts. And the tzaddikim ask, why? Why is it like that? And in particular, the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin. And the answer is because that's how Kaddish Baruch Hu is Shari Hishchina. Kaddish Baruch Hu is Shari Hishchina specifically in a place of Chisaron. Not a Chisaron that comes from weakness, but a Chisaron that comes from the recognition of the ultimate perfection of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. From that secret of that a Kaddish Baruch Hu loves me, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants my Avoida. And in the end of the day, I don't know why. It's just above me. Now this secret of, of the half, the secret of, of Hasameach Bechelkel, someone who's happy with their small part, with the halfness of the Shekel, is someone who understands the halfness of the measurements in the Mishkan. The Mishkan is the imperfect vessel for the perfection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in truth, it's within the very imperfection of the vessel, the imperfection of those measurements, that we uncover the truth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perfection, that even the imperfect is perfect. Even the imperfect is perfect. As we know from Rabbeinu Azriel of Gerona, the, the Shairash HaSharashim, the Keser Kolak Sarim of all of the Divrei Tzadikim, in particular in the Mahalach of the Arizal, is that in order for the infinite to be truly infinite, it must contain within itself the potential towards finitude. In order for something to be completely built gvul, it has to contain within itself a koyach of gvul. That the unlimited must contain with it, within itself the capacity or the potential towards limitation. That's the machsis hashekel, as the Vilna Gon points out in the first parak of his parish on Safar Ditzniusa. That secret, that wholeness and imperfection ultimately are both representative of the same light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shema Yisrael HaShem Elokeinu HaShem Echad, as well as the Baruch Shem Kavod Melchus the Jewish people are the secret of the Machsas HaShekel, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this Koyach of Gvul, Kavyachol, in a derech of existence that is non-existent, 
that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has the 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 the, the potential to, to reveal himself, so to speak, as a machsus shekel also. And that's the heart of the Jewish people. That's the heart of existence. Existence itself is mechusar. That's the very hagdara of Metzias. There is no existence without deficiency. Deficiency is existence, but it's a deficiency that bespeaks the greatness and the wholeness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, not a deficiency that is meant to lead to sadness, God forbid. But it's the chatzais rice. It's that HaKadosh Baruch Hu announces himself in this world through the trumpets and the Magid of Mizrich in the name of the Balshem Tov HaKadosh teaches us that Chatzotzros is Chatzitzuros, halves of a shape. Because we are only halves. And when we recognize that we're halves, when we recognize we're a Machsus HaShekel, we're worthy of being counted. We're worthy of being Mavatala ourselves enough to recognize that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is perfect. And that I'm okay as I am as long as I'm perpetually trying but also uncovering the secret of comfort within trying, like the tzaddik and the golden Rabbi Yitzhak Mari Morgenstern Shlita points out. It's the secret of manucha within the yagiya, or zrizas bimmasinus, alacrity with calmness, urgency with an awareness of calm. And when a person uncovers that chatzitsura, they realize the, that they're a chatzitsura, they're only half of a shape. They're only half of a shape, even when they're comfortable with the awareness that that half of a shape is the wholeness of my own personal experience. This Indian, this Indian is referred to in the writings of Rav Avram Abu Lafia, as the secret of the Shalim and the Chatsi. Shalim and the Chatsi, the whole and the part. Now, it's not necessarily in this context when it's within the writings of Rav Avram Abu Lafia, not something I can claim to have ever properly studied in any imaginable way. But what the tzaddikim tell us is that this secret of chatzi and shalem or shalem and chatzi can be applied and should be applied to Avodah Hashem as well because it's also a very deep secret within the writings of the, the Baal Shem Tav HaKadosh. That we have to be both whole and imperfect at once. We have to find wholeness within our imperfection. We have to have the ability to draw the light of the klal into the prat. And when we're able to do that, we're able to be mala armachsus hashekel. We're able to be satisfied with our hunger. We're able to yearn and find satisfaction in that yearning as well. Now, the parsha continues and it warns us. There's a very important warning. That this attitude, this machsus hashekel, this, if a person misunderstands the secret of only being a half, and they see it as tzibrachin kite, and they see it as negativity, and they see it as a reason to be sad, God forbid, and not to cultivate a sense of self-acceptance and spiritual health. Then God forbid a person can come to only eat marwa. They can come to say, I'm just a machsus, I'm imperfect, and it's something that should give way to sadness and despondency and inactivity and lethargy. If I can't be perfect, why should I do it at all? If I can't be perfect, it must be some sort of my deficiency or the world is a dark place and that's why I'm imperfect. All of the different misunderstandings. And kulam, kulam ahuvim, all of the misunderstandings are beloved because they're part of the sugya as well. 
But ultimately, the only hakara of chatsi is to recognize the secret that I am broken and whole at once. I'm broken in relationship to that which is above me, and I have to move myself to that which is above me. And when I grasp that level of perfection, so now I realize that I'm imperfect in relationship to something above me. And it goes on ad infinitum, that my deficiency is born from the fact that there is perpetually and always a, a perfection that exceeds my grasp. Not chas v'shalom something that comes from a place of weakness. It's something that comes from a place of light and strength. But if I misunderstand that, that's when a person falls into the chet ha'egel, chas v'shalom. That's when a person falls into that place of, of, of worshiping the negativity, of needing something measurable, something crass. The egel is what happens in a person's life is what happens in a person's life when they feel that if the light of Moshe Rabbeinu is unattainable, if Moshe has a shaykhus to Shemayim more than he has a shaykhus to us, if that darg of das in my mind is something that I can never truly have a grasp on because it's always enclosed in an anan and I'll never find that satisfaction of, of being Moshe, of being as close to perfection as one can have, if I'll never reach that ideal then perhaps I might as well, you know, throw myself into something that is graspable and 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 perfect in its graspability, but only because it's so small. I grasp it, I know it, but it's because of how small it is. I can name it. It's an agel. It's a. It's an idol. It's a symbol of of the ineffable. And if I, God forbid, become too broken-hearted over the fact that I'm always going to be broken-hearted on a certain level then I will fall, a person will fall into that secret of the Egel, God forbid, into that dangerous place of giving up hope because I'll never be perfect. So what does the Torah Kadosha do for us? The Torah Kadosha does is that it separates the mice of the Machsus HaShekel and the mice of the Egel with the Sugi of Shabbos. Because the way to ensure that the deficiency that a person recognizes in their lives, the imperfection that we always have within us, that wholeness of the broken heart and that brokenness of the whole heart that the Kutzka Rebbe taught us about, that the only way to properly cultivate a, a, a lev nishbar, to understand what it means to only be a machsus hashekel, to understand what it means to, to be imperfect is to understand the secret of Shabbos. Because Shabbos is that secret of perfection within imperfection. Shabbos is that secret of living as if all of our work is done. It's the, the meichen of chachma, it's that, that calmness as it descends into the world of separation and, and effort, and as the world of effort, which is bina, ascends into the world of chachma, which is comfort. It's the recognition that in spite of the fact that I can't ever be perfect, when I learn the secret of my imperfection, when I learn the secret of shalim and chatzi, I draw wholeness into that broken part and I recognize, I can taste my own wholeness in this world world. Ah, it's not real wholeness, but it's my wholeness. And when I sacrifice my wholeness again to the true wholeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I encounter that secret of human deficiency, which gives me the ability to uncover an even greater wholeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that secret of Shabbos. And so in order to ensure the healthy process of being a Machsus HaShekel, and not, God forbid, taking that awareness of deficiency and, and transforming it into something negative and chaotic and destructive, and self-serving and permissive and all of those 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 makifin and surrounding you know in essential notions 
is by understanding the secret of Shabbos, of Sabenu Mituvechov, let me be satisfied. Let me be satisfied with, with hunger. Let me be satisfied with hunger at the very same moment. Let me be hungry and not hungry at once. Sabenu Mituvechov, satisfy me with your goodness, but help me recognize that I'm still going to be yearning for your goodness. Feed me with hunger. Let my hunger itself be the light of satisfaction, that awareness of having and not having at once. That's the secret of Shalashuddhas. The secret of Shalashuddhas is, is a meal, almost like a fast day of Yom Kippur, but the light of Yom Kippur being drawn down into the body itself, because now I'm eating. That there were minhagim in certain places not to eat. But the Rebbe Rashab initiated, at least in an external level within the traditions of Chabad, the Koyach of eating a small meal by Shalashudas to be Megala, like the Rebbe points out, the Koyach of, of Tainug, Habilti Murgash, that, that unfelt pleasure of Yom Kippur, of hunger, being drawn down into the Tainug HaMurgash, being drawn down into an awareness, uh, an awareness of what I can't ever be aware of. And when I understand that secret of Shabbos, that Sabenu Mituvecha, that satisfaction as well as hunger that exists on Shabbos, the awareness that it's Shabbos, but also the awareness that Shabbos is going to end, that Ki'ilu that need to hold on to Shabbos because we know it's not going to last forever, yet we're still comfortable in it as if it will last forever. That secret of that's the only way to, to it, properly experience the secret of the Machsus HaShekel and not, God forbid, fall into the danger of of, of Egel. But ultimately, the last part of the Parsha, which is the Rachamim Rabbim Vakadish Baruch, who means that all we can do is try. All we can do is try. And in the end of the day, the Iker is to come to recognize that that Hashem Hashem Kelrachim Vachanun. Hashem, Hashem, Kelrachim Vachanim, that there's Akadish Baruch Hu before existence, and there's Akadish Baruch Hu in existence, and ultimately the Akadish Baruch Hu that is expressed in existence is the revelation of the aspect of Akadish Baruch Hu's ultimate unity that is outside of existence, and that the Makif and the Pnimi and the Soiviv and the Mamale and the Torah and Tfila and Tfila and Torah and the heart and the mind and concealment and revelation, they're all expressive of the same thing. Hashem, Hashem, Kelrachim Vachanim. And that it can never be anybody but the Jewish people. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the Jewish people more than anything. It starts off with the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us to count us. And it ends with us doing everything imaginable to destroy that love. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu still saying that he loves us. And it's through the Kayach of the Tzadikim HaAmitim, the Moshe Rabbeinus, the Yechidei Hadoros who teach us, who teach HaKadosh, Kavyachol, who force who, who, who reveal the true secret that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to love the Jewish people. What do you love me for? It's a chok, it's a metzius. Yisrael asher b'cha aspire. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu takes the deepest pleasure from our neshamos down here, even after the eagles of our lives, as long as we hold on to the secret of Shabbos. Just one nekuda to end with, the Maharal says, based on the Gemara and Masechus Brachos, the essence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu loving the Jewish people as, as the Reisha Samachshava, as the origination of thought, so to speak, the, the, the original motivation, so to speak, for creation. And again, I, I say so to speak so often, but we all know that everything, every time we even open our mouths, it's always after all of the mamish kavyachos that we could ever possibly say. We're never talking about the real thing. 
a person can feel safe and rest assured, like our tzaddikim point out, that you're not going to be magshim. A person is not going to make a mistake in terms of learning Panimiya Satora, as long as they recognize that whatever I can grasp is never the thing in and of itself. Yes, HaKadosh Baruch is present everywhere, but I can never fully grasp that. As long as I realize that, then anything I say and anything a person learns in the Ari and all of the Svarim HaKadoshim, if they learn it with properly with teachers, with Anava, then what they'll come to find is that there's a built-in shock absorber, that the, the Torah is infinite because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite, and the Torah will never fully grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu because it's contained within HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are all, you know, these are not meant to be, you know, taken too seriously, these, these declarative statements. But, um, but Be'ezer Sashem, the Maharal says, the Maharal tells us, that the Jewish people come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they say, Hashem, we're, we're afraid, we're afraid that you're never going to forget Chet HaEgel. We're terrified that you're never going to let it go. We're terrified, Hashem, that we'll always need to carry this shame. We're terrified that we'll never find the way forward, that we damage the relationship too much, that I'm hopeless, that there's no way up. And we have many eagles in our lives. On a certain level, the Arizal tells us that the Chera Egel is present in every Mincha davening. It's a way of being metakin it. It's a way of fixing it. <clears throat> and so the Gemara tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells the Jewish people, don't worry, I'm not going to forget. I'm never going to forget. I, I am going to forget. I'm sorry. I am going to forget the Maisa Egel. I am going to forget it. And so then the Jewish people, like, like an Ashama would ask, says, okay, great, now I'm anxious about something else. If you're going to forget the Egel, then you're probably going to forget Matan Torah also. You're probably going to forget that you love me. And so Hashem says, no, 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 don't worry, I'm not going to forget Matan Torah. Kacha, Hashem says, I'll forget my Egel, and I won't forget Matan Torah. It says the Maharal, that's because Matan Torah is the essence of the soul. The Torah is the essence of the soul. The soul and the Torah are one because the Torah is the sum total of the souls of the Jewish people. And each soul is its own Torah and its own letter in the Torah and its own Akuda in Torah. And a person stands for a Sefer Torah and not for a Jew is a fool, says the Torah. And the essence is Matan Torah, the inessential, the mistake, the, the, the momentary lapse in judgment, the momentary lapse in judgment, that's inessential, that's not real, that's not really me. Be'ezer Hashem, we can hold on to the secret of the Machsas HaShekel, to the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us, to be makasher to the light of Shabbos, to understand the secret of Shlemus and Chatzi at once, and to protect ourselves every moment from that natural tendency to, to chew the maror too much, or to live in a world of darkness, in that world of the Chet HaEgel, Chas V'Shalom. But ultimately to believe that the Rachamim Rabbim V'Kadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem Hashem K'Racham V'Chanun Erech HaPayim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the Kayach of the Tzadikim is always, always ready to receive us in Rachamim Rabbim and it's waiting for Tshuva and the Hisiris of Tshuva, that recognition of Amachas HaShekel Be'ezus Hashem, a person can learn how to live just a little bit more okay with themselves through the light of the Torah HaKadosh This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.